Welcome to the Equipping You podcast, where our mission is to equip Alliance pastors and leaders to live spiritually healthy lives and lead healthy churches. Equipping You is a ministry of the Christian and Missionary Alliance. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org. Hey, 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 welcome back to Equipping You Podcast. This is Season 8, Episode 3. We're coming to you today from Reynoldsburg, Ohio, southeast suburb of Columbus, Ohio, about 15 minutes from the John Glenn International Airport. And Columbus is the home of NetJets. And uh, Alan, that's uh, where you do your private jet flying, right? Right. Yeah, that's right. I, I, well, one of my jets, you know, I have several, I keep them in different, different airports around the nation. I, you know, I thought so. Yeah. And yeah. also the official airline <laughs> of equipping you. Podcast. Wow. That's nice to know. Will <laughs> they is, give it? it is nice to know. So newly designated, newly designated. I'm sure they're honored. I'm Terry church <laughs> ministries leader for the Alliance. And I'm Alan, the surprised uh, director of development in the Eastern PA Alliance. And uh, with us as well, as always on his, uh, producer chair is Isaac Charles, the uh, administrative specialist for church ministries. Hey, today we're going to talk about Alpha with uh, our guest, Danielle Kemp. And uh, I was introduced to her by one of our Alliance folks here in Ohio who uh, works with Alpha as well. Danielle is the uh, Alpha USA lead team, part of that team, and also the national director for strategic church partnerships. And um, Alan, I've done a little bit of alpha, not necessarily exactly the way they say to use it, but been familiar with churches that did. And uh, I'm not interested necessarily in saying every church should do alpha. I am interested in saying every church should find a way to connect with people in their community who still need to know Jesus. And this is one of those uh, possible options to consider. It sure is. So I am looking forward to this conversation as a result. Likewise, grab yourself an aha blueberry pomegranate sparkling water. They serve that on United Airlines. I'm not sure if they serve it on NetJets or not, but I'll find out now that it's the official airline of Equipping You podcast. Sit back, relax. Here we go. And we're pleased to welcome Danielle Kemp from Alpha to our Equipping You podcast. Welcome, Danielle. Thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you so much. It's so fun to be here. I'm honored and uh, looking forward to the conversation. We are too. So uh, we like to get to know our guests a bit, let our listeners get to know our guests a bit. So Tell us, if you would, about your spiritual journey and uh, kind of how you came to faith in Jesus. Yeah, well, um, actually, I was raised in in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So if you know that, I was yep. raised Mormon. Yeah. Um, and so through my years of um, just diving into that, uh, that uh, faith, um, I had question after question after question. Um, then I wasn't getting any answers. And so I found myself uh, in my first year of Brigham Young University. I've been all the way to Brigham Young University and I was sitting 
in religion class. And that's actually a Book of Mormon class is religion class. And I was listening to the professor and I realized in that moment that I didn't believe anything he was saying. And, <laughs> and right. I like, and, and, you know, it could, it could be where I was as well. I mean, not everything that he was saying um, was far from Jesus, but the majority of things that he was saying, I didn't believe in. And so um, I got up and walked out of class and I called wow. my mom and told her I was coming home. Wow. And so that obviously um, caused a little bit of uh, tension in the household. Um, but uh, yeah, so I came home, I left faith completely. Uh, enrolled in the University of New Mexico. So um, my dad at the time, so my my parents, my biological father and my mother were divorced. So my, my um, stepfather actually was not Mormon. And all he cared about was that I finished school. So that's what I did. And I finished school. And then I went on this kind of uh, the next five, six, seven year journey of just really um, finding my identity in my work. And so I worked really hard. I was in corporate America um, overseeing marketing and sales and just really found my identity there until um, I met a man and we got married and I was up for this huge promotion. I was going to be vice president of sales and marketing. And so I told my husband um, when I got pregnant that I was going to have this baby on Friday, get back to work on Monday because there was absolutely no way I worked too hard for to get this uh, job. Um, and they put that baby in my arms and it was all over. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And I love how God uses like, you know, he meets us where we are. He meets us. Um, you know, when we're, when we're needing things and he put that baby in my arms and I, I felt a love that I have never felt before, both a love in receiving love. Um, and also a love that I was able to give. I'm like, I, I just, this outpouring of love that I was able to, to, um, give to this child. And at that point I went on this, um, I said, I have to figure out what, where this love comes from. So, a friend invited me. If you probably might have heard of this organization, I'm going to give them free <laughs> advertising. Yep, yep, but yep. Mops wow, wow. Um, invited me to a mother of preschooler, yeah, um, mother of preschoolers, and um, just through there found out the truth of who Jesus was, um, and then stepped into ministry. Uh, Ten years down the road, I was um, a licensed minister, pastoring at this church, um, and that's that's where my journey into faith started. Wow. Fantastic. Love that story. I do love that story. That's that's we haven't heard a story like that on we our podcast before. So it's thanks great. for sharing that. That's why we asked the question so we can hear a great story like yep. that. Uh so along the way, you definitely had uh people that influenced your development as a leader. Uh and since oh, you know we are a podcast for leaders in the church, uh, we like to hear how the leaders we talked to were influenced. So who's influenced you, Danielle? Gosh, that's a, when you look back on your journey, don't you see like there's seasons of people yeah. that influence you across, yep. mm -hmm. you know, where you are in your spiritual journey. True. And when I look at my seasons of my, like beginning my spiritual journey, there was a woman, um, her name was Jeannie Welch, <laughs> right? She's not famous. Yep. Um, well, she could be famous today. I actually don't even know where she is today, but she, <laughs> she took me under her wing and we walked through the Bible in nine months. Wow, <laughs> so wow. it was an intensive, Love it. um, and she just really helped to bring the Bible alive for me. Um, that's where my love for the Bible, um, and for God's word really started to flourish. Um, and then, you know, uh, along my journey, continuing in my journey of, um, being a pastor and, 
um, be, being in some circles that were uh, predominantly men, you know, where men um, hold these uh, positions, um, I uh, was able to feel empowered by um, his name is Todd Proctor, and he he came into the church that I was um, I was uh, on staff at as an interim lead pastor, and he saw in me the gifts of teaching, the gifts of leading, the gifts of pastoring, and really empowered me in that in places where I felt like I was kind of walking this tightrope of, you know, women in ministry. We, we won't get into that a little that too much, but. Um, Todd Proctor really stretched me into um, understanding my gifts and um, really empowering me to use those gifts. Wow. Um, And then you go into like this evolution of now that I'm here um, and you, and you start to want to immature in your faith and your growth. And there's, there's, you know, I'm an avid reader. And so it's like, uh, I wanted to deep dive into deep dive, deep, dig deep, dive, you can edit that one into yeah. like <laughs> prayer and, you know, what is, what is that? And so, you know, some of the people that I read there were obviously Henry now and Thomas wow. Merton, Ruth Haley Barton have been kind of influential mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then um, probably about five or six years ago um, when I, I was, when I was pastoring, I, I looked around and I was really in a um, predominantly white environment and I, I said to myself that I don't know if this really reflects the kingdom of God. And so I had um, an epiphany really of like, I really want to be in a place where it's a little bit more diverse and I can learn from people from diverse voices and diverse backgrounds and diverse cultures. Um, I read a book that was incredibly transforming for me. It was um, Howard um, Thurman's book, Jesus and the Disinherited. Mm-hmm. And it, I don't know if you've read it, but it's just, it really opened my eyes um, up to, out, you know, who we're not reaching, who we're not, who we're not engaging with, why are we not engaging in the differences? And so now, um, along with my role with Alpha, I'm actually co-leading a, a church plant in California with an African-American pastor, and we're leading a church that's intentionally multi-ethnic, multicultural. Love um, it. So. A little taste of heaven. That's where we are there. Wow. So, uh Tell us how Alpha, first of all, how you got connected with Alpha, but then tell us a little bit of the history of Alpha. How how did Alpha come into being and what is Alpha and why does it exist? Uh, Yeah. So again, back on staff at that church, Todd Proctor, who who I mentioned earlier, um, came in as an interim um, pastor as we were looking for a new lead pastor. And he was bivocational at that time. So he was working for Alpha. And when we um, hired a new pastor, I just felt that it was... Uh, you know, you you have those stirrings where it's like, I think my time here is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it looks like. I don't know what God has for me. And I had a conversation with Todd and he's like, hey, why don't you come work with me at Alpha? And I'm like, but what is Alpha? <laughs> I don't even really know what Alpha is. Um, and so my first journey into Alpha really was just a step of faith and um, really feeling that this is where um, my next you know, chapter was going to be. And so um, I said, yes, uh, I started working with Alpha and my uh, first experience, my onboarding um, of Alpha was to go to London uh, where Alpha was 
birthed out of. And so to give you a little background story, so Alpha comes out of a church in London called Holy Trinity Brompton Church. Um, the vicar there, which is, you know, our term for lead pastor is Nikki Gumbel. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Nikki Gumbel, about 30 years ago, was he was actually given this program um, and it was initially a discipleship program for new believers. But Nikki was an evangelist at heart. And so he saw all the people outside the church and he he realized that the, that this actually worked because what they did is they it was it was um, a, an opportunity to show hospitality. And so they had a meal and they had conversation. They had a talk um, about some of the Christ- basics of the Christian faith. Um, but he's like, you know what, this one actually might work for people outside the church. Um, and so he started to invite people outside the church. He asked the people around his table who were believers um, and were new believers. And what we find out with new believers is they're still in circles with non-believers, right? right? And so they started to invite their friends. And the next thing you know is Alpha kind of was birthed and it became, um, it started to be positioned evangelistically versus, uh, you know, in, inwardly as a discipleship program. Great. That is encouraging. Uh, so again, specifically your role now with Alpha is? Yeah, I am the National Director of Strategic Church Partnerships. So it's a fancy name for, I get to travel across the country and meet with pastors and leaders to see how we can partner together for kingdom impact. Wow. That sounds, that sounds fun. It is fun. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds like something that I would thoroughly enjoy doing. Yeah. So our culture is increasingly unchurched and uh, skeptical about the faith. How can Alpha be effective as an evangelistic tool in that environment? Hmm. That's a really good question. Um, We did a study with Barna a few years ago. It's called Reviving Evangelism. But we did a study and we wanted to ask Christians and non-Christians questions so that we could have an understanding how we can better um, engage with non-Christians. And it it was actually, there's, I want to share a few of the key findings. Um, When we asked uh, practicing Christians um, questions uh, about like, what's the best thing that could happen to your friends or your family member? 94% of practicing Christians said um, the best thing that could ever happen to my non-believing friend is for them to come to know Jesus. Mm. 94%. Yeah. Right. Thank God it was high. Thank God it was. Yeah. However, 47%, nearly half of the millennial um, practicing Christians says it was, it's wrong to evangelize. That doesn't make sense. Wow. Yeah. So it's like the best thing that could happen to my non-believing friend is for them to come to love Jesus, but yet it's wrong to evangelize. And when we dug deeper, what we found out, it was that um, the way that evangelizing, the way they were thinking about it was if I'm sharing my faith with someone that believes differently than me, there's this underlying message that I am uh, pointing out that what they believe is wrong. And so, and what they're saying is disagreement is interpreted as judgment. And so I am no longer going to be in a space where I make somebody else feel, feel judged. And so it's, it's this weird understanding is if I'm going to continue to tell you, if I'm going to sit in a place where I'm going to tell you what I believe, but you don't agree with me, then, then I'm judging you. Um, and so we had to figure out, so what, how can we create a space where someone can share their faith in a place where they're not feeling they're judging someone and, a, and, a, and create a space where someone that doesn't believe can sit and not feel judged? When we asked, we turned the question and we asked 
our non-believing friends, if you, what are the top qualities that you look for when you're, um, when you want to have a faith conversation with a Christian? And they confirmed it. They said the top, the, by far, the top two qualities they said that they want to um, see in a Christian is that they listen without judgment and they don't force them to come to a conclusion. When you, when we, then when we asked the Gen Z the same thing, it, it was the Gen Z said, I want to be in a space that is judgment-free listening, where there's mutual understanding, where there, there's safe relationships. And then the fourth one for our, 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 the younger generation, and you probably see this, is that they want words matched with action. They're very, they're, they're all about social justice right now. So um, I don't know if that answers your, your question, but when we are studying yeah. the, the space, it's like, this, this is what people are looking for. This is what people need. If you're going to start these faith conversations, then this is, this is how people are, are going to st- want to step into having a faith conversation with you. Very helpful. That's good. I appreciate it very much. So, uh, and I feel, feel like that's something that I have wrestled with. Uh, you know, if you're going to use the APES thing, I'm an evangelist, not like, you know, preaching to big crowds, but just, you know, person to person. And it's frustrated me how people would say exactly what you just said. Yes. That's the best thing to happen, my friend, but no, I'm not going to help. I'm like, no, right. I don't understand that, you know? So <laughs> I'm thankful for things like alpha to help us come along that. So for a local church, you know, what's the key components uh, or key components of Alpha Ministry? You know, what kind of people do you need to run it? How many people, you know, fill us in on some of those nuts and bolts of Alpha. Sure. Um, the key core components of Alpha, really, I mean, if you're going to run it, if we're going to get right to the logistics. It's a meal, a talk, a discussion, and then we call it a time away, an extended time away. And so what it looks like is, is, is hospitality, right? And when we talk about hospitality, we obviously, we know it, that's more than a meal. Um, you're creating a space where people feel like they belong, not just welcomed, right? Mm-hmm. You can stand at the door and welcome people in, but do they actually feel like they belong or do they feel like they have to conform to, to that you know, what's going on in that space to actually feel like they belong. And so what Alpha does, it, it just, you know, the, the table is the great equalizer, right? And so, especially if it's round, <laughs> there's, there's no heads. And yeah. so it's like, it's like, no, you, what, I don't care what you believe, what you think, what you, what, what you look like, um, you know, who you're in relationship with right now, you belong here and it's safe. The second part of that then is uh, a talk. And this is an opportunity where we actually get to share the basics of our Christian faith. This is, this is where we proclaim, right? Um, where we get to share. And we're, we're not ashamed of the gospel. We, there's um, 11 different talks from, is there more to life than this? Then who is, uh, you know, who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? Um, how can I have faith? How do I pray? So it's all of these uh, basic foundations of the Christian faith. Mm-hmm. And then after we share a video, it's either a video or a live talk, no more than 25 minutes. Then this is actually where it all happens is the discussion group. So now we've had an opportunity to share what we think as Christians. Now here's your opportunity to share what you think. Um, the, the training for the person that's facilitating the table is very critical because we actually train our leaders not to answer questions. And you're probably thinking, how do you do that? <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, and you're right. 
Yeah, you're right, Alan, because it's like, who is actually the best equipped to lead this table? And it's usually not your teachers and it's usually not your evangelists because your teachers want to show you exactly where it is in the Bible and they want to preach. And your evangelists want to just get you to the place of where you're converted, right? It's like, let's just get no, you there. No, we're not like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is the opportunity. And again, you, it's, it's, um, you, you know, you train your leaders. It would be like Alan's asking a question and I'd be like, Alan, that's, that's a really great question. What does the rest of you, what do the rest of you think? What do you think about that, Terry? And this is where you would see, we understand that God is working already in them. And so all our job is to pull out what we, we see God already doing. The other thing is what we understand too, is that sometimes when you start to speak out loud, what you think, because this might be actually the very first time someone has actually spoken out what they actually believe and they can get to a point where like, that actually doesn't make sense. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Right. That actually doesn't make sense. And then finally, um, after the discussion there, we we have what we call a time of way where we ask our churches to have an extended time, whether it's a weekend retreat or a, a just a full day of where we share um, who the Holy Spirit is. So who is the Holy Spirit? What does the Holy Spirit do? And how can I be filled with the Spirit? Yeah. And this is the opportunity. Now they've had about six or seven weeks of understanding kind of, you know, knowledge base of what the Christian faith is. This is now their opportunity to encounter and have a, have a real encounter with the spirit and the, and you know, the Holy spirit. And this is where it actually becomes real for them. Anytime you're asking like a, a guest that's come off of alpha, um, their, their experience or um, someone that has actually stepped into a new relationship with Jesus, almost always it'll say, they'll start their conversation with, well, at the time away, or when we had those talks about who the Holy spirit is. That's when it became really real for me. Tell us some exciting stories of what you've seen the Lord do through Alpha and local church setting. A couple of couple of stories of life transformation, uh, Daniel. Oh gosh, there. I mean, I could just sit here for days and tell you stories. Um, mm. Even even online. I mean, when we had when the pandemic hit and we had to quickly move everything online. I mean, God is not. <laughs> you know, restricted through, nope. through zoom. It's unbelievable. People are getting Amen. healed. People are receiving, um, you know, uh, receiving the, the spirit through zoom. It's just incredible. But there was this one story. Um, her name was, uh, Milani and Milani. It was a Chinese immigrant and she shares her story where she, she, she she's actually really funny because when she shares a story, she goes, I learned a lot from my father. I learned how to be angry. I learned how to fight. Mm. I learned how to steal. Wow. Um, and so she shares these things. And so this is what she grew up in. Her, her father um, practiced witchcraft. And so she practiced witchcraft. And she got to this point where she said that she was um, experiencing uh, really dark, demonic feelings. And her father and her mother actually... Um, Went, took her through a kind of a, an exorcism type thing through their faith, um, but it only made it worse. And so she went off to call and she actually became really angry um, in that space. And her parents finally kicked her out because there just was tension there. And so she became homeless. Wow. Um, mm -hmm. And she, um, during her homeless, she came up upon a woman's shelter that took her in. 
And she said one of the first things that she she noticed and observed in this uh, woman's shelter was how people treated each other. And she said it, it was like they were saying, thank you. And, you know, you're welcome. And I'm sorry. And she goes, I, I'm not, you know, at, at 19, 20 years old, this is like the first time I'm experiencing people that actually care and love for one another. Oh she ended up finding out that they were, you know, down the road that they were Christians. Mm-hmm. Well, they, um, in, they, at the shelter, they run Alpha. And they continue to um, invite her to Alpha. She would say, no, no, no. Um, you know, I'm Chinese. That's a, that's a white you know, savior, <laughs> which, oh my gosh, craziness. Um, so, but she finally did. And she, she will tell her story that over the, the next eight or nine weeks of alpha, that she truly came to understand who Jesus was. And it was the best thing that she could have done. She now, she accepted Christ at the end of it. And she now leads an alpha course for her church. Um, and so that's just that's one of n- numerous thousands and thousands of guest stories. Yeah, yeah. So I, I wanted to share a little bit because I know that this you have a lot of pastors that are hearing and, and listening to this. Mm-hmm. As we as we talk about reaching those outside our church, um, the one thing too that we see Alpha does within the church is it helps to shift culture a little bit. Mm. Um, when churches, and this is, it actually is really exciting when churches run alpha consistently and we're saying, um, you know, two, two times a year for like the next three years or so, what we're seeing is the out that alpha is kind of shifting culture within churches, um, around prayer, around listening, hospitality, an invitation. And it also does be, can become this discipleship program that empowers leaders. Um, and so we're seeing this over time that as, as alpha is being run and it's starting to, the people from alpha start to, and leaders start to assimilate into the church. They're bringing that alpha culture. So like expectancy and prayer, when you're on alpha, if you've, if you've, if this is your first time experiencing faith and in Christianity, when we teach prayer, we don't, we, when we teach it and when you listen to, listen to it, it's not just like, this is how you pray. We pray, we expect God to show up, right? We're not just praying. We're praying, come Holy Spirit, come and do what only you can do. And so you have people coming out of alpha now going into your church environment. It's like, wait a minute. We're, what are we going to, when we pray, are we going to actually expect that God can show up and do something here? And so that's, that's kind of transforming some of the culture, the prayer culture that you see in the church. Love it. Yeah. And then invitation, you know, it's, there's nothing like being on a journey and seeing someone step into faith for the first time. Yeah. There is it's nothing like, like that. Though. You're Alan, you're right. I mean, and what happens when that, but when you, when you're part of that journey. Yeah. Well, the next thing we were going to do in our conversation with you was give uh, our listeners uh, your most persuasive appeal to get involved in Alpha, but I feel like you just did that. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're talking change lives, you're talking people crossing the line of faith, you're talking shifting the whole culture of a church, not just having a program that helps people get to know Jesus, but actually changes a church so that people want to be involved in that instead of saying they think it's important, but not doing anything about it. Wow. Uh, I'm just going to be I have a freewheeling question. Is there something that's on your heart that you think pastors and church leaders should want to hear that 
maybe something that alpha brings to the table that they might not be thinking about? That's a good question. I think, I mean, we all know it. We're all experiencing it. You're pastors. I'm a pastor. I think um, over the last couple of years, it's, I mean, it's been difficult and people are tired and have been, and some are, have left pastoring completely. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, especially when we're talking about, about people experiencing the love of Jesus, Mm -hmm. right. And, and actually wanting, and actually being hungry for that. I think sometimes we forget that we need Jesus for ourselves. Mm. Mm. Wow. Right. As evangelists too, it's like, we're so hungry for people to meet Jesus that we forget that we need Jesus for ourselves. Mm. And I think that's where some of the burnout can come from, right? It's because we're, we're, we're like, oh, we got to make sure church attendance is there. We have to make sure that our programs are running. We have to make sure that our staff is, you know, being pastored and, and our Sundays are, are, you know, running well. We sometimes forget and I actually, I, I can share that because I was there. I, I experienced that myself, um, stepping out of my role, my pastoral role at church and stepping into Alpha. What Alpha did for me was to remind me that I, am, I can do nothing without being empowered by the Spirit. Mm. But I was dry and I was um, burnt out. And I realized probably the last three years of my pastoring that I was doing it within my own self mm-hmm. and not through the power of the spirit. So I just want to remind pastors that it's okay to want Jesus for yourself too. And probably you need to start there first. Yeah. That's really good. You know, I just will come to mind when you say that is, you know, when the disciples come back and, you know, they're rejoicing that uh, demons were cast out and Jesus says, don't rejoice in that. <laughs> rejoice that your names uh, are written in heaven, you know, that that we have Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, we can get excited about ministry results and he's saying, oh, get, get excited that you have Jesus, yeah. that you have, you get, you know, your name, you're a part of God's family and kingdom forever. Wow. Mm-hmm. So I, I appreciate you speaking to the soul and hearts of our, our, our leaders that way. Thank you, Danielle. Sure. Totally agree. Sure. So, Danielle, if our pastors and leaders are listening and would like to get some more information about Alpha, what should they do? Uh, you can go on to alphausa.org, um, and that's our website, and it'll take you th- basically through everything. I'm on there. If you want to reach out to me directly, you, you can find my contact information. Um, but we have something that's called My Alpha, and if you click hmm. on My Alpha, That'll give you um, access to uh, to review all videos, to review um, all training materials, um, everything that you need to get started to uh, to running Alpha. And I do want to share this with you, Terry. We give it all away for free, so mm-hmm. I'm not on here trying to sell something. Yeah. We believe one of our values here at Alpha is to give it all away for free, and mm-hmm. that's what we do. So we don't we don't need you don't need to put in a credit card to download any materials. Yep. It's, it's right there for you. Hmm. Freely you have received freely give. That's fantastic. Sounds like you're living out what Jesus says. Imagine that. Imagine wow. that. It should be, should <laughs> Love be it. what we all do. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Danielle, thanks for taking the time to chat with us today. And, and uh, not only love the organization you're part of, but I love your heart for mm, uh, reaching people who still need to know Jesus. So appreciate the time you've taken to be absolutely. with us. Absolutely. Thanks so much, guys. Really appreciate being with you. Yeah, thank you. 
Take care. Well, enjoyed talking to uh, Danielle about Alpha. Yes, sure did. Alan, what uh, what stuck out? Well, you know, and you and you know from talking to me that it's been a kind of a point of frustration for me, and that it's just not normal for people in our churches to share the good news of Jesus, and it, it should be. And I don't mean that in an obligatory way. I just mean that Jesus is so amazing, and He's given us such an amazing gift, and yet somehow it gets stuck in the pipeline of things mm-hmm. for us. You know, Danielle talks about that, saying, you know, 94% of people, believers, think that the best thing that can happen to one of their friends, they receive Jesus, but almost half of them say it's wrong to evangelize. Yeah. That doesn't make any sense whatsoever. None. Uh, But that sounds like the confusion from the enemy. It does. And uh, though, while Alpha isn't like the only only way to, uh, you know, do evangelism in local church, it is one way Mm -hmm. that is proven. Uh, and that really helps people wrestle with the truth of Jesus. Uh, it's not confrontational, but it is full of hospitality. And there are going to be a boatload of people that are open to that if we can give them a chance. So this was, I'm really glad we had Danielle on the podcast. Full of hospitality and full of the gospel. Amen. So uh, uh, prayerfully ponder if the Lord might want you to check into uh, Alpha as a tool to use in your church as you seek to reach your and it is free for christ yeah wow my favorite price that's <laughs> so next time we will be talking to uh dan spader of uh, growing a healthy church fame looking yeah, forward to yes, that yes absolutely and many other places of fame reconnection and conversation coming up next time thanks for listening and uh we look forward to having you back meanwhile keep the faith Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Equipping You podcast. If you liked this episode, please consider subscribing and rating our channel. We hope you will join us for our next episode. For more information on this podcast and other ministries of the Alliance, visit equippingyou.org.